podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. And this is the home of our originally created series, My Story. This is now the third series. And as I've said many times, what I love about this series is that no matter what industry someone's from, whatever they've chosen career is, uh, everybody has got a story to tell. And uh, of course, you know, Ace Podcast Nation, many uh, great shows and series featured on the channel with top guests, expert analysts and more. My Story, like all our other shows and series, Available in video format at youtube.com slash ace podcast nation. Please do subscribe, click the bell, all that good stuff really helps us out. And uh, if you prefer your podcasts in uh, audio platforms, then you can get it at the Sports Social Podcast Network, the UK's first all sports podcast network featuring shows on Premier League, uh, MMA, boxing, and many other sports. But uh, check them out. And of course, you can find all of our content and shows, the various series there including my story and including Roger Giggs and football, Danny Bratton fight show and many others. Uh, my story series is uh, unique to all our other series as we take our guests through their life and their career from their birth and their upbringing all the way up to present day as they sort of share memories and anecdotes along the way. Always a lot of fun. Across the second series, we had actors, footballers, broadcasters, authors, uh, filmmakers, podcasters, fighters, and loads more. Series 3 has been absolutely no different. The tagline is simple. Real conversations with real people. It's their story and their words. So let's get started. I'm uh, delighted to be joined today by a former Cardiff City for Forest Green Rovers and uh, Clevedon Town, Merthyr Tidville, and of course, nearly 500 appearances for Bath City and a stint as their assistant manager recently, more recently. It is uh, Jim Rollo. Welcome, my friend. How are you? Hi, sir. Yeah, pleased to meet you. Very good. Yeah, Thank indeed. you. Be good. Looking forward to this. Um, so, what I like to do with these series is we uh, we start at the beginning and then we take you right back to sort of where it all began for Jim Rollo. So, uh, what tell us a little bit about the beginning and uh, that that. The upbringing, I guess, and what what that was like for you. Yeah, so um, my parents were hoteliers. So uh, I was born in Cambridge, um, 
and um, lived there up until I was around, um, you know, six or seven. And then um, we moved um, to the sort of the West Country, um, not far from Bristol. And uh, that's when I sort of started, you know, started playing, first playing uh, playing football uh, in, in the local park. And uh, and then, um, yeah, when I was old enough, um, I uh, yeah went along to Bristol Rovers uh, Centre of Excellence uh, once or twice a week <clears throat> as Bristol Rovers was my, uh, my local football club. Um, and that was where probably my first, you know, recollection of Kenny Hibbett, um, the ex-Cardiff City manager, um, he came to Bristol Rovers as a as a sort of player coach, um, and he moved into the same villages that I was living in with my parents at the time. Um, so that's where I sort of started off really, and he sort of gave me my first, yeah, my first break in football, I suppose. As um, when he left uh, Bristol Rovers, he went to manage uh, Walsall, um, and um, yeah, instead of signing schoolboy forms for uh, for Bristol Rovers, I managed to uh, sign for for Walsall up in the Midlands, and. Uh, yeah, um, it was quite nice actually because back then uh, we had uh, opposite half terms, so I used to get uh, yeah extended half terms because I'd have a week off here down at home and then I'd have to go up there for for the half term uh, soccer sort of uh, programs um, that they ran in half term. So that was uh, nice. that was um, where where it all started really. And um, yeah, from there Kenny Hibbett sort of uh, yeah took me up to Warsaw and uh, end up signing a yeah an apprenticeship there at YTS for a couple of years and and uh, and then staying there uh, for another year after that. So yeah, that's where it all started. So like uh, so, Bristol Rovers actually have got a really good, even to this day, they've got a really good um, youth system and a, an academy set up. So it sounds like that was, you know, that's been going a long time. Was there other sports which you were good at or interested in, or was it always kind of football for you? Yeah, no, yeah, f- football was my passion. Always, you know, dreamt like most most boys do is uh, is, to, is to be a footballer. But um, I lived in a really little village. Um, just outside of Bristol, uh, more, more close to Forest Green, I'd say. Um, and um, yeah, there was only sort of six or seven kids. But yeah, you know, I had to I had to play in the school netball team because there weren't enough girls. So uh, you know, we played we played netball, we played tennis, we played cricket. You know, we played golf. We my best mate was a was a golfer, so he played a lot of golf uh, gr- growing up. Um, but it's a bit like you say the, the Rovers Academy at the time. I went to a little uh, a little primary school, and uh, one of the coaches that used to coach at um, Bristol Rovers, he used to come out into the community and coach some of the school stuff. And that's how my connection of getting across right. there. So having opportunities, um, you know, like that at a young age was, um, yeah, w- was really good. But um, yeah, no, I've got, a, you know, I grew up in pubs as well in hotels. So, you know, pool, darts, you know, mm-hmm. any any game really, I'm really, yeah, really yeah. into. So with them, when you joined Bristol Rovers for the first, like for the first time for the School of Excellence, um, what age would you have been about then? I was uh, 12, I think. Yeah, so see, that's pretty young for back then, isn't it? Because like I know now they sign kids from you know like seven, seven years and upwards. Yeah. But, but like back then, it was more common to get sort of picked up by football clubs. I suppose twelve upwards was about it. It was more like your teenagers as opposed to young young kids like they do today. Um, yeah. So. Tell me a bit about the those early experiences as you kind of went into your teenage years and stuff like that. Was it, were you kind of so much about football that you didn't really focus too much on your studies and the academic side of things? As we hear quite a lot with kind of ex-footballers, particularly from that era, they focused so much on football that the school sort of took a back seat. Or did you break the mould? Yeah, no, not really. I was, yeah. You know, um, the age thing is, you know, is something we can debate um, for a very long time, really. You know, back when um, back when I was sort of um, coming through this sort of Santa Vex and stuff, like, you couldn't actually sign a schoolboy until you're 14. So, 
you know, and even then when you signed a schoolboy, you could still go and play for, you know, your local Sunday team. So I still play mm-hmm. in St. Nick. So you get the beauty of that. Now, obviously, in the academies nowadays, you know, they take yeah. you at seven, eight years of age and, and um, you know, playing for your clubs. It, you know, the, the, you don't go and get that enjoyment of your, you know, of your of your friends. And the only thing I can explain really for me, really, I was quite a quite a nervous kid, quite a shy kid, really. Um, and um, I used to love playing with my friends because I was, you know, in my local area, probably one of the one of the best young lads at school and stuff like that. So, you know, I was really confident I could shine and stuff like that. Mm. The moment I went into, you know, into Bristol and, you know, all of a sudden you become just this you know, this lad that, you know, that's average, you? That's yeah. average in a group, really. Did I enjoy it? No, I didn't. You know, I remember turning up at times thinking, actually, I don't really want to be here tonight. You know, I found it really nervous and stuff like that. Obviously, when the training started and I got through it all, yeah, there was no problem really. But there was still, yeah, lots of apprehension and lots of, you know, lots of times where I thought, actually, I don't really enjoy this. Why am I, you know, why am I actually coming along here on a, you know, on a Thursday night? You know, um, my parents given up a lot of time to take me because, you know, it was half an hour away and things like that. And, but, um, you know, the sacrifice of you wanting to be a footballer, you sort of, you know, you got through those early days of, you know, not um, you know, not really enjoying the seriousness of of the coaching and and not being that you know, not being the sort of the best player in the, in the team. Um, it, you know, took took a little bit to get used to uh, as I was growing up as a kid, really. Um, and I think, like you say, those those times, um, you know, from sort of fourteen onwards, really, when you you know you're trying to make your mark in 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 knowing that you know in a couple of years' time there's YTSs on offer and stuff like that. It's very competitive, you know, um, and lots of. Uh, yeah, lots of clicks in football, lots of selfishness in, in these groups that were quite hard to manage coming from a little village, being, you know, not, you know, not having any, you know, real lads that I'd go to school with and stuff. I was sort of the only one out of my school going along to this sort of, this sort of kind of um, centre of excellence, really. Um, and that all really changed, really, when I'm um, not saying it was bad, you know, Bristol Rovers, you know, got a really, really good reputation. The coaching was really, really good. The opportunities they give um, was great. But um, I think when uh, I went up to Warsaw and I did it on work experience, actually, when I was 15 um, and they offered me a schoolboy when it was about time to sort of sign, sign some schoolboy forms. Um, it was a totally different, you know, a totally different feel, whether that was because Kenny Hibby had taken me up there, you know, and he was the manager and, you know, whatever. I don't know, but I was accepted, you know, into, into the group, you know, and uh, and really enjoyed my time once I got uh, my schoolboy form signed at, uh, signed at Warsaw. You know, it was the first sort of step really of actually, you know, um, becoming that footballer you want you wanted to be really and uh, and i really enjoyed you know going up there but like i say a lot lot, lot of sacrifice from my parents you know um who were hoteliers and pub you know landlords and stuff like that, you know giving up their time because bristol road was just down the road but unfortunately Warsaw was a yeah a couple of hours at the road for them to, to sacrifice really but um yeah i as i got a little bit older really enjoyed those uh really enjoyed those years um in uh in in the sort of uh, schoolboys format really but same again then you know it w- wasn't like it was today now you look at the where we train um, with Bath City, um, we share um, Bristol City's academies uh, training facilities. There from they're there from six to eight every night. You know all the different age groups and the commitment now at this young age. They actually uh, and the hours they put in is is so so different to what it was. You know, 30, 30 years ago when I was uh, when I was coming through the through the systems. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned um, like the parks teams and stuff like that, and kids miss out on that today. We had um, Joe Jacobs on. Uh, Wickham Wanderers midfield uh, defender who was on, I think, two episodes ago. Um, and he's from the same area as me. And he's he's obviously a little bit younger than me, only a little bit, but he's a little bit younger than me. And um, so we kind of grew up in the same area and the same sort of era. And I um, was a similar sort of thing. I was in a school of excellence and stuff. But when I was going to the school of excellence, I wasn't re- I wasn't enjoying it because I didn't know anyone. And it was kind of like this dread 
of oh, I don't really want to go here and I didn't get past it I in the end I kind of um con- convinced my mum that I yeah I don't want to go I'd rather yeah. do other stuff and I really I just wanted to go out with my friends and do my sort of school parks football and stuff so I never pushed on but Joe obviously did and he went and did you know his parks team is the way he talked about it some of the you know some of the most enjoyable football of his life you know they won tournaments and you know went on football tours and all this different stuff but these days kids miss out on that because there's a boy in my younger boys team when they were in like under eights cardiff signed him and then within i think six months of him signing he was he was he was not allowed to play for anyone but cardiff the county and i think possibly the cardiff schools apart from that he wasn't allowed to play so he missed out on I, I I understand it, of course, from one one side they want to look after the player, but other playing for your school sides, playing for your parks team, they're a big part of kind of growing up and just playing with your friends. And I think it's a bit unfortunate that kids miss out on that straight away just because they're good at something. Um, but like you say, there's so many hours going from like a young age. Um, like two of my boys were with sort of Taft's well. Um, and Cardiff for a little bit and it's just like you know a few times three times a week training games and before you know it your week's gone and you haven't done anything other than watch children's football so you know I I got a lot of admiration for parents of footballers as they trek up and down the country uh taking their kids here there and everywhere to play for various you know academies and teams um so as it's sort of 15, 16, you signed schoolboy terms with Warsaw. Um, where were Warsaw in sort of 95, 96 season? So, they yeah, they were in the old division. Yeah, the old division three. Yeah, back then. Um, and uh, Kenny, a bit, Kenny a bit up there uh, a couple of years, I suppose, then. And, um, yeah, it was um, quite a well-established club. They'd moved into a brand new ground sort of a couple of years before Kenny got there to Bescott. Um, and... Um, they, uh, yeah, like I say, they were applying themselves in the in the in the sort of lower tiers of uh, a non-league football, uh, of football, sorry. And I think that's you know when you look at these academies, and I think you just mentioned it there, really about the, you know, the amount of hours parents have shipping around stuff like that, and depending on you know the academies and where you're at and stuff like that. You know, for example, Bristol City, you just see them; they're busting them in by minibuses. You know, you know they go few and far across the areas. You know, across, I know across to the bridge into South Wales as well. And you know the the amount of you know the, the how well these kids are looked after at some of these academies is is pretty phenomenal where back you know when we were we were doing it you know it was all reliant on your parents to to, yes. to get you there and you know do all these different things really so the academies are you know um you know are are, are pretty different these days um and warsaw was uh yeah like I say applying itself in the in the third tier they didn't have huge, huge amounts of money but um it was yeah it was professional football um with some good yeah with some good old yeah with some good season pros in there and a good mixture of young youngsters as well really and um and i think it's just the op- the offer of that yts scheme you know that two years of um you know youth training and you got you know a mixture of you know 16 year olds and 17 year olds the first years and the second years and it really does make you uh yeah i think probably the best best two years of my life in terms of upbringing and the, the experience and the fun you had and you know you while you weren't quite a professional you were aiming to be a professional but i'm talking 30 years ago and i was coming up through you know where 
there was characters in the game you know you could get away with a, a lot more than what you could then because there was no video phones there was no social media there was nothing like course, that yeah. and um you know the things that you know you could write a book on whether it's character building bullying or what, however you want to put it in terms of stuff like that but you know the 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 things that went on in in the dressing rooms and the camaraderie that the lads had because you know whatever you know whatever the pros did to the to the did to the second years in, in with a bit of banter you know the second years did it to the first years in in our dressing room in the in the yts and like you say we had some really 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 good times and i think also back then you know um in 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 the sort of lower tiers there and even in the higher tiers when you look at some of the podcasts that i've been listening to lately really is that there was a big um camaraderie sort of drinking culture you know social culture playing golf yeah. you know having wednesday clubs tuesday clubs and things like that and um and um yeah it was um it was it was a good time 100 percent. it's uh it's a different culture around the sport there's uh there's a bigger gap as well between the fans and the players i think these days than there was back then oh massively yeah um so you did you made a a couple of first team appearances for warsaw before you uh you moved on to cardiff city was um how did you feel leaving warsaw after being there you know as a as a teenager and and then obviously moving on to not only a different club but moving down to south wales as well yeah no i was um you know i was quite a level-headed sort of guy really i was never too high or never too low in my emotions and stuff and you always know you know as players you know where you are in your pecking order in terms of in the squads what where's where your career is going and stuff like that and then um, i was always you know pretty true to myself really and um the sort of the year sort of kenny left and um, we had a chap come in called chris nickel and he was the old center half at um at southampton and um core he um yeah he he sort of uh yeah, he came in the club and he was a totally different sort. Ken was a very, very good coach, you know, um, really, really loved looking after the young lads and coaching the young lads and stuff where Chris, um, he brought in some experience and um, you could just tell which way he was going to go. You know, he did mm. give me plenty of opportunities and plenty of chances, but in his first season, we got promoted. So, you know, in that promotion season, I found it very, very hard, you know, to, um, yeah, to, to break into the into that first team, really. And I, I, I sort of, yeah, made a couple of appearances, um, one in the Coca-Cola Cup and one off the bench. Um but um, I always knew that, you know, where I was in that and the club was trying to get promoted again. And I think, you know, after I left in the years, you could see them, they sort of got up into the championship over over a number of years, really, similar to my Cardiff Tell in a minute when we start talking about them, really. Um, but so I always knew really where where I was sort of heading and where I was in, in that sort of, uh, you know, in that sort of uh, time at Warsaw. And um, and obviously Kenny had sort of left Warsaw and, and, and gone, to, uh, gone to Cardiff and... Um, you know, he was always in touch, you know, saying what you're doing with your football and all that kind of stuff. You get another year at Warsaw. And I said, well, look, I think I'm probably not going to get another year, you know, um, at Warsaw. I've been out on loan a couple of times. And uh, he said, look, you know, if you want to come into to Cardiff preseason, you know, I, I can't say that, I, you know, I can't promise you anything, but, you know, there'll be an opportunity at, at Cardiff, really. But um, so it was a, a bit mixed motions, really. Yeah, like I said, two of my best years at, at Warsaw, you know, with the young, with the lads, you know, learning my trade. And there were some good pros in there, you know, and, Chris Nick was very good the year we got promoted there. You know, he included everybody. You know, there was a 20-man squad. You know, I travelled every week with the first team, which, you know, nowadays is is very rare because they've got big squads and not everybody travels. And and everything we did, we were all included, you know, across, across the board, even the, the, the sort of another young lad with me at the same sort of time. And, um, yeah, and then at the end of season trip, yeah, we had an all-expenses-paid trip to Tenerife. And uh, it was, uh, you know, included, you know, along with the lads there and some of the senior senior pros and, we had a left back there called Colin Gibson, who was a you know ex Man United left back, and you know he was just you know in in his uh, in his mid thirties, you know coming to his career, but he used to look after me as a as an older pro, and um, 
he um yeah he was really really good to me about you know teaching me what it took to you know to to be a professional footballer and uh, and including me in, in all their stuff really so yeah while it was a little bit of a you know uh, i i knew that you know if i had a chance to another club you know at pre-season i think i, I thought i knew i'd be able to probably almost uh, earn a contract there because cardiff were in very very similar they're in the league you know the the league below warsaw at the time you know they were in the in the last tier of professional football and i thought actually you know i'd have probably more of a chance maybe breaking into their first team than i would you know with uh yeah. with, with warsaw so yeah so um so you, you you left warsaw you went to cardiff you had a good couple of years at cardiff um tell us a bit about your time at, uh, at the welsh capital yeah, well, I just, I'd like to say I'd never, never been across to Cardiff. Even when I was uh, at Warsaw, I'd never played. Uh, I'd never played at, uh, at Cardiff's uh, Ninian Park. It was back then, and um, yeah. I just remember turning up to the stadium. And it was a proper. That's a proper, proper football club. You know, huge floodlights is what you notice. You know, and this, you know, the stand and and just the passion. And I know it's you know rugby is very passionate across in, in Wales, but the passion of those Cardiff fans while we, you know, that's one of the, the first things I, I probably remember uh, coming into it really. But, but like I say, it was really interesting because football was really, really different. Then um, I came in on trial, you know, Phil Neal was the manager um, at the time and um, you know, cool. You know, what a career he had, you know, um, yeah. we don't need to talk about Phil Neal's career, but um, you know, and uh, but um, there was a split group, you know, they were obviously trying to do a few things and um, there was some, players there that they were trying to get out and there were some players there that were on trial stuff like and so we had separate change rooms so I wasn't even training you know while I went on trial I had no training kit <laughs> mm-hmm. you know I'd none of you know literally it was come along and see how, see how it goes and obviously I was always a fit guy if anyone speaks to me about football is that you know technically I was never you know, I was never brilliant but I was always one of the fittest guys of the group and that's why you know I looked after my fitness you know because without that I'd never probably got and played professional football really and um so pre-season was perfect for me because like say I'd spent all summer getting really really fit come back and like say I'd be uh yeah at the front in the running and you know doing all the different stuff and and uh and I think you know that's you know coaches and people like that are impressed with uh with that kind of thing through pre-season really um and then uh, so pre-season sort of come to an end and um Phil Neal and Ken sort of sat me down and really they offered me a non-contract so I didn't really sign a contract straight away um they just said look you know probably the best thing for you to do is um is to uh, if you sign a non-contract you can probably go out on loan and you can sign for another football club you know and get some games in on a Saturday because you know we see you can play in the reserves midweek you know and then you, you know you can play uh, for a team uh, you know um uh, you know uh, uh, sort of uh, over over in Bristol really so so I thought right okay I agreed to that you know we we sort of uh, agreed agreed some money and, and um it worked worked for both parties um and then uh, yeah I sort of uh, I was quite enjoying actually um, playing in the reserves back then because obviously. The, the third tier of English football, you know, you're playing they were proper you know, reserves back then, weren't they? You know, they and core, like say, I um I still got I was looking through doing some stuff uh, when I look at you look at through some of the team sheets when we're playing like Chelsea, Arsenal, you know, West Ham, you know, we went to West Ham and you know the Peter Shorten played in goal that day. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a goalkeeper goalkeeping crisis and uh, they had no goalkeepers and so he, you know he was uh, he was in his early forties and um you know late thirties and fours and yeah. so peter shorten and us growing up as a kid you know we're watching international football and peter shorten and then frank lampard and rio ferdinand were playing and t- play, you know t- players like that it was just it was just great and you're going to chelsea and you know rude hullett's the manager and you've got you know john terry jody morris you know david rocastle back then was playing in there um yeah you know anelka played when we played at arsenal you know all those different things so you know the lads were buzzing for the midweek reserve games you know not so necessary yeah. you know traveling to carlisle on a you know <laughs> on yeah, a friday absolutely. You know, um, so yeah, so I really enjoyed that, and and at the same time, I um, I um, 
I sort of uh, I signed for Bath City then for the first time. So yeah, in 1997, I sort of they were in the conference and um, I, made, I made my debut. Um, actually, the for for, for Cardiff um, on the Friday night. So I remember I was literally um, I was playing quite well in the reserves. I was doing okay. There was a few few injuries, um, a few injuries in Cardiff's first team, and um, we were going quite well actually um, in the league. And um, I'd uh, been in been in close to a couple of uh, squads, and then. Um, I remember it was, uh, I think it was uh, January time, just after just after Christmas. So I spent the first part of the season, you know, um, sort of on a dual registration, and I went. Uh, I was, uh, I went to Bath and uh, I played. Uh, yeah, I made my debut live on Sky at Fulham. A bit. I came on for. I think I came on for about four minutes, and I think I headed the ball once. But I'd made my first team debut, which was yeah. you know really proud of down at down at Craven Cottage that that night. We won four one with uh, Steve White scoring a couple of goals. But, uh, and same again, you remember the characters and, the, the you know, the era that you play in. I just remember we got back on the bus and, you know, we'd just been uh, full and we were the favourites to win the league. 4-1 at their patch, you know, create, create a lager, create a cider. You know what I mean? The music was going on the coach, stuff like that. And then I, I get a phone call from the Bath City manager just checking to see whether I'm able to play the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, and, uh, I was on, dual, you know, dual registration still, I could, so I, I didn't want to let him down. They were struggling at the time, Bath, and uh, he was a lovely guy, Steve Millard. And I'd played about three games for them previously, I think. And uh, so I end up, yeah, getting off the bus at sort of, uh, yeah, half past 12, one o'clock in the morning, coming out of Fulham on a Friday night, back up uh, into Bath at 10.30 the, the next morning to practice set pieces and free kicks. So they'd signed a few players up on Lansdowne and end up Oof. playing against Macclesfield uh, on the Saturday in the conference for, for Bath, um, which proved to be my last game. And then I came back to Cardiff and managed to manage to get in the first team until the end of the season. And so... So yeah, so it wasn't uh, yeah, it wasn't all plain sailing. My first uh, yeah, my first sort no. of, uh, season in, in 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 Cardiff. It's interesting though because you'd never get a, a dual contract like that now. I don't think. Um, no. From no. Any oh, no. No. You do, and that's I think the beauty. So some non-league clubs they do it in non-league now. You know yeah. they, they 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 do some stuff like that, which I think you get the you get the best of it sometimes. Where if players are not you know not playing, you can get them on a dual registration and get them out, and you know it just helps um, th- that way really. But yeah, like you say, um, yeah. It'd be uh, very, yeah. I doubt if you'll see a, a player making his um, his league debut on a Friday night live on Sky, uh, no. yeah, Fulham, and then uh, turn out for Bath City the next day in the conference. I don't think you'll probably, uh, yeah, you'll, it's, you'll find that again. And the thing is, like the, the age you were at there, you just want, you just need to play football. And if you're not going to get that opportunity within your football club, you need to be able to to get it elsewhere. And you had the best of both worlds in that you were playing. In with extremely competitive reserve games, but then also getting to play, you know, league football for Bath on a on a Saturday. Um, so then, when you sort of knocked that on the head, and you were with sort of back to Cardiff, um, who were some of the guys within that dressing room who kind of helped you out and was most influential to you? Yeah, the there were some two. The, the, yeah, the two the two local ones really spring to mind were Scott Young and Lee Jarman. You know. Jarman had just broken in the first team as, as I sort of got there, really. Um, and they were two great, you know, two really good, two good characters of the game. You know, you mentioned yes, characters yeah. of football and two local lads and, you know, the fans love them too, you know. Um, yeah. So they they helped me really. But when um, sort of uh, Kenny Hibbert come along and um, and then Russell Osman sort of came in when Phil Neal went that season, we sort of had a bit of a Bristol City contingent where, where Jason Fowler and Scott Partridge, uh, you know, came across and then we'd signed Steve White from Hereford. Um, the preseason that I started, so there was a bit of a contingency from Bristol. So there were some some lads in there that you know we were travelling across together with, really. So which, which really helped, really. Um, but then there was like Jason Perry, the skipper. He'd been there years, and you know he, he'd tell you what you know what it meant to you know. I remember going to 
when you're playing away at Swansea in, in the derbies and things like that, there, you know, the, he would tell you what, you know, come on, lads, this is what it means to this football club. There's no way you can lose today, you know. Um, so Jason Perry was in that thing. And then Cardell was um, was uh, was the the lad banging all the goals in, really, when I, when I got there, really. And um, and Carl again, you know, another another great, great lad, you know, good character, you know, and really enjoyed really enjoyed his company as well, really. So it was quite a good um, good mixture, really, when I got there of good experienced pros, really. And um, and also some some good lo- local young talent, really, that were that were really good. Yeah, we've always been pretty good with the the kind of homegrown players coming through. Even up to kind of present day, there's always a one or two at least in the, in and around the first team. Um, we yeah, we had Lee Jarman on. So I had Lee Jarman in the studio. I think probably about a month or two ago to do an episode of this. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's he's a proper character, and I think. Um, I felt quite sorry for him when he was kind of, I was chatting to him and he was telling me that, like his story, like he, um, he had a kind of hit a real high point and then all of a sudden it just went a bit, went a bit pear shaped for him. Um, and look, you know, he still enjoyed, um, enjoyed playing football, but I think a lot of people I've spoken to from in and around Cardiff and players who were around the club at the time, they all felt that he was, a very very good footballer who is probably more suited to playing football now than perhaps back then but yeah definitely you know with a bit more with a bit of luck maybe and without falling out with frank burrows perhaps he would have gone on and had a, a career at a higher level but you know, such as yeah. such as life he's a, I, I got a lot of time for lee and uh, yeah. scott young is, is as well we had scott on before and he's coming into the studio soon as well but he he's um obviously had a stint as cardiff manager temporarily with uh, yeah. daddy gabadon most recently yeah um <clears throat> so you uh, you said you broke into the cardiff first team for the rest of that season um so when you came back sort of after the summer the following season you must have been pretty kind of upbeat and looking forward to that season having spent the second half of the season in the first team yeah no no definitely i think like you say we were on a really good run at the end of it and um i remember we played uh darlington away at the end of that season and um we needed to get a point again in the playoffs and i've never seen well i knew cardiff had some fans and the, the following mm. was always good but on this particular day you know there was more outside the stadium than there was inside the stadium it was only small darlington and uh the following was terrific and um and unfortunately like i say we got into the playoffs and got beat by northampton in the in, in the in the first sort of playoff legs and um but um like I say i you know, made a few few appearances that, that towards the end of that season, and and I was in the squad, and I was on the bench, came on in the first uh, playoff game, but um, didn't feature in the second. Um, and then I signed a yeah signed a new contract, and I thought yeah you know I'm really really looking forward to you know really looking forward to um, you know coming back in that that preseason, and like you say um sort of Kenny had sort of Russell Osmond had sort of come in and then then went, and then Kenny sort of came in and was, was then looking after it, and um, you know. Um, this bit like you were talking about Lee Jarman, I think there's certain managers that you know that have opinions and footballs are all about opinions and stuff like that. Yes, and, you know, when you find a manager that you know sees sees something in you that they they like, you know, and you know, um, and I think that you know when Ken sort of uh, you know saw Lee Jarman, you know, Ken was really good at coaching the young kid, young lads coming through. He really enjoyed that part of the work of, and the hours that he used to put in with the with the young with the younger guys. And and you you mentioned Lee there, you know, at that, at that age, I don't think I've seen a lad that good at football. You know, he was you know he, he was. He was so for a centre back. He was so good on the ball. You know, right foot, left foot. You know, he could pass the ball to death. 
Um, and that's what, you know, it's almost like a quarterback with playing football. He sort of started us off on how we played, you know, and that gave him real great confidence and stuff like that. And then you mentioned you get a bit of a change in manager and, you know, that confidence goes a little bit and they're asking you to do a little bit more, you know, and, and it didn't work out. But, you know, Scott Young was, yeah, yeah, he was, uh, you know, he was the same. And we, so we still had Lee, we still had Scott. You know, we signed a couple of other lads. We'd signed sort of uh, the goalkeeper, Harris from Oldham, who's been in the Premier League and was a good, you know, some some really good signings. So, um, but for whatever reason, it just we just didn't really get going that season, you know. Um, it, yeah, we, we drew quite a few games and stuff. And um, I think, uh, yeah, it was the second game of the season. I worked really hard and, you know, got got, got myself in the squad and um, I'd, uh, yeah, managed to knock myself out uh, scoring the Coca-Cola Cup against Southend, really. Mm-hmm. And, um it was funny because me and Kevin Nugent shared an ambulance that night. So Kevin just okay. broken his ankle. Kevin had just broken his ankle, and I, 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 they were waiting for an ambulance for Kev. And then I'd come on in the eighty, I think it was the eighty-sixth minute or something like that. And, and then I was knocked out by the eighty-eighth minute. And uh, by the time the ambulance came, I, um, yeah, I went in the ambulance with Nuge. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I had a real back concussion. I was out for sort of five minutes. Um, and um, yeah, they didn't let me play for three months. I was twelve weeks with, um, yeah without playing i was sort of in hospital for for two or three days and um yeah all sorts of brain scans and all sorts of stuff like that really and uh, um while i wasn't a, a massive drinker it felt like i'd been out drinking for you know for every day i woke yeah. up in the morning with this real you know thumping headache and stuff like that really and uh, but um and it was a real shame because yeah my season really didn't yeah really didn't get going then really um i'd sort of yeah missed the best part of uh, yeah uh, best part of the early bit of the season really and then I got in a couple of times really, and then uh, and then Kenny Hibbert unfortunately got the sack, and they brought in uh, yeah they brought in Frank Burrows, and um, who was uh, yeah yeah did remarkably well for the football club at the time, but um, yeah me and uh, me and Frank we just not that we didn't see eye to eye, just yeah I was another young lad amongst the you know we'll say young lad, but I was in me twenty ish, and um, you know there was Lee Jarman, Scott Young, there was Lee Phillips coming through, there was Rob Earnshaw, there was Christian Roberts, there was quite a lot of good young local talent yeah. coming through and you just sense that what what's going to happen you know you know what you know you know what's coming and um you know while um i, I really enjoy i really enjoyed frank's um i wouldn't say his training but i really enjoyed the way he was assembling a squad and how he got the dressing rooms together and stuff like that but he almost you uh, know he almost he managed differently to kenny and phil and the managers i've been used to before he was he was very a, a big disciplinarian you know it was almost, you know, managing by not frightening you, but making you feel actually if you didn't do your job and whatever, you know, he was he was a tough, tough guy. And um, and mm. Billy Ayers, um, bless best of both of them, um, they were two very good footballing people. You know, they really knew their football and they knew how to get Cardiff promoted. You know, and that's what and that's what they did really. And I, my my sort of, you know, they were very honest with me, very upfront, and I could just see my uh, yeah opportunities um, after a you know a month or so of them coming in and not being there really, but. Billy Air worked really hard, you know, not so much Frank, he didn't really do too much coaching um, with the younger boys stuff like that. But, but Billy Air spent a lot of time with myself and so did so did Jimmy Goodfella. Um, bless Jimmy, you know, Cardiff Hero was there for all those years. You know, he was uh, part, part of the furniture, Jimmy. You know, he was any of the younger lads that were having a bit of a tough time or not quite in the team and stuff like that. You know, he um yeah, he knew how to yeah, he knew how to look after and manage and talk and take you for extra sessions and stuff like that to to try and give you the best opportunity, really, and then also you know, also, um, you know, speak to other clubs if, you know, they were always asking Jim, what good young lads have you got around that are available to go out on loan? And and I ended up going out on loan in the end. Um, Ebba Vale, if you can remember Ebba Vale, um, yeah. you know, they, um, yeah, they came in for me and it was a chap called John Lewis at the time, who I believe played for Cardiff back in the day. And um, he had the two Giles brothers there, um, Paul and 
um, Paul and Dave, I think it was, the, yeah. the two Charles brothers, two great, you know, and those three characters, and you know, they come and sat me down and said, look, we've spoken to Frank, we're happy to come, we've got we've got eight games in four weeks, it's a good chance for Frank to come and have a look here, see where you're at and what you're doing, um, but we're trying to get into Europe, we've got to finish in the top three, and um, yeah, and, I, and it was my first taste of the Welsh, never, never, yeah, played a couple of pre-season games for Cardiff, but it was my first taste in, um, yeah, the Welsh Premier League, and uh, cool, that, that was tough football. Yeah, yeah, that was t- tough. Football, football, but, yeah, was, yeah, we managed to. Uh, yeah, we managed to. I can't remember how we did, but I don't think we lost a game while I was there for the eight games. And um, I remember talking to the chairman and saying, "Look, you know, offered me a nice little bonus if uh, we, if uh, if mm-hmm. I stayed and got him into got him into Europe." And then, uh, yeah, he slightly changed his mind when uh, when he said I had to play in the European qualifying game in uh, in Ju- I think it was June or something like that. And I'd been released from Cardiff, and uh, I just negotiated. A- uh, contract with Forest Green, and there was no way Forest Green was going to let me play Forever Vale in June in uh, yeah. <laughs> in Europe to get yeah. me bonus. But uh, but it was good times. We played Barry, and um, yeah, there's some good good teams in it. And Barry were very 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 you know they won it every year, and you know they were very you know some some good strong teams in it really. But um, so again, it just it meant I got football. You know, I wasn't I wasn't you know bothered about going out on loan. You know, and um, I don't know whether Frank came and watched me play or whatever. But you know that it's irrelevant now. You know, um, yeah. I knew what was coming at the end of the season. You could just tell the way he was going and. What experience he was trying to bring into the football club, and and there was, if I'm all honesty, you know, um, I was sort of more of a defender then as a midfielder. I did like to play in centre midfield as well, but I then coming more of a right back, comes you know maybe a centre back or a right wing back, and and you know I was never going to be ahead of uh, you know Scott Young, Lee Jarman, and then Lee Phillips was coming through another young lad that that came in at you know he was a couple of years younger than me, and he was a very 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 good footballer, you know. So um, I could see you know I could see see what see what's happening really. Um, but um, yeah, and then Christian Roberts came in and Robert Earnshaw and stuff like that. And I know you can see that Cardiff always look out for the results now, even, you know, even uh, all these years later, I still pick out, pick out the results uh, when they're playing. You mentioned, just going back to that concussion, um, <clears throat> Jim, that is, uh, that must have been one hell of a concussion. Like I've had one myself, which and it's not pleasant, but back in, you know, the sort of mid to late 90s, we didn't know what we do now about, concussions and and head injuries and stuff like that they weren't treated as seriously as they are now in any way um so for you to take i think it was four months you said to have four months out of playing that must have been a pretty bad concussion yeah it was yeah i I still to this day you know i've seen the goal um someone showed it back to me but um i've not i I can't even remember you know turning up to the ground i can't remember the game can't remember coming on you know can't remember nothing about it yeah yeah can't even remember. I've got a, a slight recollection. I can remember the ambulance leaving um, Ninian Park, and I can remember the fans singing, chanting. You know, I don't know what they were chanting, but I could just remember. You know, that's the only thought of that. You know, and then I can't remember going into the hospital or anything. But I just remember waking up the next day. You know, in hospital, and uh, yeah, they said I was out concussed for nearly five minutes. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was yeah, a, yeah. It was a, yeah. There's a lad that I think it says in my Wikipedia or a lot of places you hear I collided with the post with a diving header, but no, it was a it was a centre back. Um, I can't remember recollect his name now, but he came across and uh, as I headed the boy, yeah, he caught me clean on the yeah clean on the temple and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was tough because like you say, you know when you break a leg or you know you pull a hamstring or you do stuff like that, you know you're injured stuff like that. But I just you know I wasn't physically injured, but you know mentally my head, I just you know I was waking up with headaches and I just felt tired all the time and. You know, I could sleep, and it was really, yeah, it was really, um, yeah, it was really a tough, tough three or four weeks to begin with, and then I've slowly come back into, you know, to run in, and you know, and it took me a little while before I was like to, you know, to make contact, um, um, in, in training again, really, and um, yeah, it was, uh, 
yeah, I think it's the longest I've ever been out. I think I've dislocated a shoulder, but I think I came back, you know, quicker from a dislocated shoulder than a, than a you know, a couple of broken bones. I think I come back after six weeks after breaking my foot. You know, um, that was the longest time I think I've had out of football was with that concussion injury. Have, um, like, have you had any sort of after effects or anything from that? head injury like later in no life, not not that i know of you know you, you mentioned earlier about did i did, was i good at the schooling and stuff like that you know mm. i was okay you know what i mean i've never been uh never been the brightest you know you know i've done, done okay since you know um since i finished playing football and re-educating myself and doing different stuff through the pfa but um yeah no i don't think it has but i, I don't think you learn you know I've, I've been concussed a few times since you know i've played in a couple of games you know um i remember one at bath where um yeah i remember getting sort of you know knocked out split my eye i remember coming you know running off the doctor stitching me back up you know there was no test concussion or anything like that you know no, um, no, back on the pitch and i just remember you know nothing really just back running around can't remember the score of the game i can't remember you come off and you think you know what why what was i doing you know what what was i doing really um but now like you say the protocol with um with with head injuries is is so so different to to what it was 10, 10 years ago um you know we, we there's a protocol to follow and like say being um yeah being involved in bath as as a, a coach and assistant manager over the last sort of you know, six six years or so. Um, you know, when you get these lads in on loan and stuff like that, you know, the first moment, of, you know, it, um, even if you, you're not sure they've been concussed, you 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 get them off. You know, and there's a yeah. you know concussion protocol to follow, really, which is, yeah, yeah, which is you know there for the for for the the, the better, really, especially with the the science and all the stuff we've got nowadays. You know, it'd be really silly to ignore it. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope um, funny if we talked about this last week on them, um, the Roger Gig Show that clubs have got to and and the fa and and football generally i think have got to start getting up with other other sports when it comes to concussions and concussion substitutes and uh independent doctors assessing people with head injuries not club doctors because i think i do i see some of the things i've seen in the last couple of weeks in the premier league i'm thinking you keep doing that something bad is going to happen because they're sending they're patching players up were clearly not right and sending them out and i just think you, there's no excuse knowing what the little that we know about head injuries and concussions now that we didn't know 20 years ago like there's no excuse to to be yeah. doing that now and um, totally agree I, yeah t- t- totally agree and i think it's the welfare of these well welfare of the players and stuff like that and, uh, and like i say football's a business and it's very it's very difficult you know there's lots of talk you know and i sit on different things uh you know around mental health and stuff like that but um you know i, I remember you know like say you know moving up to warsaw and while it was my dream stuff like that. i mean i'm homesick i've left a tiny little village i'm 16 years old living in the middle of nowhere you know crying for the first two or three weeks thinking do you know what i just want to go home you know but i wanted mm-hmm. to be a professional footballer and this is you you know you get through it and stuff like that but you know, and, and loads of different things, but to go to your manager and go, look, I'm not feeling a little bit great today. Is there any chance I could go home? You know, do you, mm. what, you know, what, how well that looked, you know, 30, 30 years ago, you know, that would have been my apprenticeship probably finished, you know. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just the way, you know, where it is, whether it's for the good or for the bad, and we can debate it. So, you know, probably another another show really. But, and it's, there's very much like that, that in football, you know, losing your place in the team, all the different things, you know, going to the manager and, and doing different stuff. And yeah, it's, it's very, very, it's very, very difficult. Um, very very difficult in in, uh, in 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 football. So you had been out on uh, on loan with Everrail. Uh, you signed then with Forest Green, like you mentioned, made thirty two appearances for them uh, before having a little loan spell at Bath uh, towards the end of that uh, stage. So you had a couple of loan spells at Bath then before you yep. went and did your your long long stint. I did, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Went in ninety seven, two thousand two, I think, yeah. 
Yeah. How was your time at Forest Green? Um, it was tough, really, really tough. Um, I literally, I, I bought a house not far from, you know, it's where my parents, so I had a pub and stuff and I bought a house not far um, from, from, from Forest Green's ground, really. And I had an opportunity really to go Darlington or Torquay, some of the lower, some of the lower um, sort of um, football league teams again, really. And um, Forest Green has just got promoted to, um, to the conference. Um, and uh, the chairman there is probably one of the best men I've met in football, you know, bless his soul, he's not around anymore, but God, did he have a passion for, for football and for Forest Green? And he was, you know, a real, you know, a real businessman, you know, um, had a little bit of money behind him. And, um, you know, they sold me the football club, really. But it was the transition of coming out of that full-time football, you know, Forest Green were part-time then. And it was the first time I'd experienced the part-time training, you know. And um, it was almost, I was at an age, right, well, what do I do with myself now? Now I've come out of, you know, into, you know, they were in the conference then, non-league football, you know. I have to re-educate myself, you know, what I'm going to do, you know, I can't, I couldn't ever see myself going back into the pro game now, I've dropped out and all those kind of stuff. And it took me, yeah, it took me, it took me a while. And I'm not quite sure whether the manager at the time, um, it took, took me on recommendation or had seen me play or stuff like that. But I don't think I was the player that, you know, he was thinking I was, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it, it, the same again, though, it was a great football club in terms of camaraderie, some great characters. We managed to get, um, you know, we managed to get into, um, into the FA Trophy final at Wembley, in the old stadium, you know, so the season was a really good season and really good, you know, they, they finished, we finished quite well in the conference. We had a really good season, but the transition of coming out of full-time football and the professionalism, you know, um, was so, so different to, 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 to what it was at Forest Green at the time. And I know they're in the football league now and it's changed a lot, a lot since, but it, I find it really, really, really tough. And I think also that, you know, the bubbles burst really that you you know no longer you're a professional footballer you know it was just okay. that you know it took a little bit of yeah a little bit of uh time to to readjust really and um and uh yeah find myself and all i ever wanted to do even when i want was i just wanted to play football you know i, mm. I couldn't see the point in training all week and not playing you know and when you're sort of you know training you know a couple of nights a week um and then you come to a saturday there's there was no reserve team there was nothing like that you know there's no extra football and um so i ended up going out on loan again to bath i knew paul Bowden was the manager at um at Bath at the time, and um, I almost signed for Paul Bowden when I left Cardiff, actually, um, and um, yeah, it gave me an opportunity to uh, to go back to uh, yeah, go back to go on down to to, to Bath again, um, and uh, yeah. I guess um, coming out of professional football like these days, there's there is a bit of support there for for young, particularly for young players, but for for footballers generally who kind of drop down the systems or yep. drop out of professional football there is a bit of support there to help them adjust uh it's probably not enough still but there is a bit yeah whereas for you obviously i doubt there would have been at that sort of time of you know what we're we talking like 90 99 really so yeah. like yeah like 98 99 there wouldn't really have been much support for you you would have just been it would have just been a case of you're leaving cardiff you go in to forest green but they're not professional or a professional club, should I say. So you, you're kind of just thrown from one situation to another with very little support and still relatively young at that point, aren't you? So, I mean, it's going to be a big adjustment to uh, get used to that. And and then, like you mentioned, like there's also, there is, I, I don't mean this in any way disrespectful, but like there is an ego thing as well of not being a professional footballer, like mentally, because obviously, up until that point, you've always been, I'm a football, you know, I'm a professional footballer. This is what I do, and then suddenly, you're in a different scenario, different changing room, 
where you only train a couple of times a week so that's going to have an effect on your kind of your mental your mental state or your mentality how did you kind of how long did it take you to to wrap your head head around those changes and how did you sort of cope with those changes yeah i, I was very lucky really um sort of when i was at warsaw um there was a an experienced chap there who um was a pfa rep and then uh, john hoff um at cardiff he was the pfa rep and they were always really good you know the pfa were it wasn't you know you had to go and ask for help you know mm -hmm. it wasn't those you know them looking out for you so to speak but there was a pfa number and um they always looked on things around you know looking at your finances your pension stuff like that. also there was a big pot for education um so i just remember you know john hoff said to me you know why you got all this time on your hands and stuff like that you know why don't you do a course you know why do you do something like that? And I, I, well, I was full time i was going to look uh, I'm not not really interested, you know. I'm going to be a footballer, or whatever. But as soon as I as soon as I sort of left Cardiff, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to ring the PFA and see what options are out there for me in terms of, you know. Um, it took me a little while actually. I probably it was probably about th three three months into that season before I did it, you know, because I thought okay. I've got all this time on my hands. I was getting paid handsomely well, you know, from Forest Green, you know, um, which was you know was almost like a, while we were part time, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a good wage, you know, mm. and so I was like playing golf and just doing things and mm. stuff like that. And, and just thinking, actually, what am I going to do when I wear, you know, what am I going to do, um, you know, with with my football career? You know, do I, you know, try and get back in the league? Couldn't see it only playing part time. That's not going to happen. So then I had to try and re-educate myself really. But like you say, there was no, you could ring the PFA, but there was no help around. They didn't ask me how I was mentally or anything like that. It was just, no. you know, you're under you're under 25. You can, you know, you can have all these courses. You pay for it. We'll, you know, pass it. We'll give you all your money back. And there's all these pots of money which was great and i utilize that i can one thing for the pfa is their education you know i've used it many 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 times and um, done many courses through the pfa and they've really you know really really looked after and and done what they've said to their word really but um yeah. but in terms of more help yeah and i lost my dad quite young at 17 when i was a uh, sort of a yts at um at, at warsaw um and uh there was no agents back then really you know i had a chap you know that um, did look at one of my deals at cardiff for me but he was a financial advisor he wasn't a, you know he was a, someone i knew and he wasn't he'd been involved in football and stuff like that but now he was financial advisor but yeah there was no agents there was no one you know stuff like that you know you're having to do your stuff you know like say i'm ringing up talking and you're ringing up darlington you're ringing up clubs to try and get you know get get trials get stuff like that you know um but um you know yeah like so i eventually um, um signed for forest green but it took it took me yeah it took me yeah three or four months again to get myself uh yeah, get myself in the in the sort of right frame of mind really um to uh yeah to, to to do something really and i think once i signed up for a course and i got myself going on the course then that really gave me a focus and gave me stuff like that really and it's funny because i've watched over the last few years in the transition and being like say um we've had some lads come through at, uh, at bath really that have fallen out of the pro game you know 19 20 21 and stuff like that and i've said to them look you know try to give them my advice you know look the pfa's there let's hit stuff like that and you know well do you want me to help get a job or you know wait what are you going to go it's very hard but you know, some of the lads are very, 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 very professional. You know, no, I'm going to train every day. I'm going to get back in. You know, I see Bath as a stepping stone. I'm getting myself back in. And, and I've never seen so many lads come out and go back in, you know, uh, in, into professional football. But by having some real dedication and, um, you know, training, you know, every day, not just Tuesdays and Thursday nights and, and, and still living like professional footballers. And I think you've got a good opportunity of, of window nowadays. Um, once you drop out, you, you've got a bit of time to go back in. Whereas back when I was doing it, you know, once you dropped out, very rarely did you did you go back in. I'd not heard of many, so yeah. that's when I knew at Forest Green that I had to try and yeah get some education and get a, uh, yeah get a, a different uh, career behind me. Really interesting. So um, <clears throat> from there, you obviously you went on and made ninety eight um, appearances with Clevedon Town. 
um, so another part of the world. Yeah. How um, how was that? Was that did they play in the same league as, or did they play in the same league as Forest Green Rovers? Was it a kind of equivalent in terms of level, or was yeah, it up no, or down? Or no, they were they're in the league below, so they were in the what would be the comp, uh, the the national uh, southern league now. So they were in one 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 league below. Um, but I had another year left on. It's really interesting because you hear lads that get paid up at football clubs and all this different stuff. Got contracts left. It didn't even enter my mind at the time, really. But I had another year left on my contract there. It was evident we'd been to the playoff final. I'd missed out on playing at Wembley. I was a little bit disappointed. You know, I've been in the squads and I've been stuff like that. And, uh, and then pre-season, I remember Frank Regan at the time, you know, I was on pretty good money. But I remember him saying to me, um, you know, you'll be a good squad player again this year for me. You know, that's how I see you going out. And I thought, you know what? there's no way that I can not play football. You know, I can't travel yeah. around the country and not play football. Sitting on the bench and coming on and being a squad player, it's just not me. I, I you know, I'd rather drop down two, three divisions and, and play mm. football than, 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 you know, than do that. So, um, and, and I think we went to, Frank had the, some funny pre-seasons lined up and we went to, um, um, Haverford West, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and it was, a, it was a hot, Sunny's day that M4 was an absolute joke. It took us five. Mm-hmm. I got knows the kickoff was delay anyway. Sat on that coach, the lads were a good bunch of lads to be fair. We had a good time. So we played this preseason game, and do you know what? He didn't even put me on for a minute. I sat on the bench mm-hmm. and he did not even put me on for a minute in a preseason game. And I thought, do you know what? I can't, I you know, I won't be able to cope yeah. with this mentally sitting here and not playing. You know, the money's great, but you know, um, get frustrated so I, real quick when yeah, you're yeah, hugely. I, you know. Um, but I didn't think about actually give me some money and I'll go. But he was quite happy to probably keep me as a squad player. But anyway, they owed me, yeah, they owed me uh, another year really. And I just said, look, Frank, I can't do this, mate. Uh, after that game, I said, look, I've got to go and find me. And um, so in the end, there was a few clubs come. You know, Bath came in and a few other clubs came in. But um, yeah, um, Clevedon had just been promoted um, that year. Yeah, I had a good group. I had three or four lads that I knew. Um, I said to the manager, I said, look, I don't want any guarantees, but you know, what's you know, I'm a, yeah, he said, look, you know definitely you know you're going to be my star signing for the summer and all that kind of stuff sold it me quite well and like you say i was there two seasons i did this again you know i played every yeah. every minute of every game um for, for cleveland and and that was what i was all about i just wanted to play football on a saturday and first season was great we had a good bunch of lads you know we finished really well and stuff like that. second season for whatever reason we had a, a bit of a change and we just couldn't buy a couldn't buy a win and um and uh, and we ended up getting uh yeah getting relegated so all my career so far i'd had promotions and or getting into playoffs or cup finals and you know Getting to get into Europe with uh, you know with Ebervale on the last game of the season and stuff like that. So I've had some really good moments in football, really. But yeah, getting a relegation that was my first taste of relegation. wasn't Yeah, it wasn't nice, and yeah, I didn't enjoy that. And I ended up leaving there after yeah after after a couple of seasons. But yeah, hmm. and I live about five miles from Clevedon now. So yeah, hmm. so, yeah. So when then the other week to watch them. When you when you told him he wanted to go after he hadn't given you a minute in the pre pre season game. What was his reaction? Did he sort of explain why he hadn't given you any time in a preseason nah. game? Because it seems just yeah. seems like uh, quite a bitter thing to do, just for the yeah. sake of being bitter. Yeah. But, I, I don't know the situation, but most yeah. managers will give, <clears throat> even yeah. if they give you thirty seconds at the end, they'll give everyone a game. Yeah, you know, in those preseason games, isn't it? Yeah, no, to, no, exactly, exactly. I could just when you travelled yeah. and being stuck in traffic. I think one of my strengths really, like say, and coming through really, I was really good at reading people's behaviours, you know, mm. really good. I, I could, you know, I knew where I was sat with uh, in the pecking order with Frank and stuff like that, really. And, and, um, and I think I've only to this day, I think I've only ever banged on the manager's door once 
you know, and asked a question, you know, I, I, I knew what was going on. I was thinking, so I never, yeah, I never even spoke to him. I didn't, didn't ask him, you know, didn't ask him why didn't, wasn't really interested. Why I just thought as a human being, I was always a nice guy. Anybody you probably speak to in football would say, you know, oh, Jim, you know, one of the nicest guys in football stuff like that. Cause I never caused managers any problems. You know, mm. I was always first in training last out. My attitude was always exemplary. You know, I think I got sent off once in my career. I never moaned. I was always happy, you know, um, and I was always organising things for the football club. You know, I was always a captain of every club I pretty much played for, you know, doing things really. So, you know, I, yeah, I wasn't really interested in what managers' excuses because in football, they, same again, they probably don't tell you what you want to hear. There's, there's so much, you know, so many excuses and so much, you know, you know, um, people telling you what you want to hear and really they're not, they're, you know, that's not the real truth. And yeah. so I was never really interested in the politics of football and why you're not playing and all that kind of stuff really. But I did, however, when I, um, yeah, when I was at Cardiff, I did knock the manager's door because on the Saturday, I'm not saying I was the best player, but we drew one all on uh, against Hartlepool on the Saturday and I was man of the match. You know what I mean? Um, whether I was man of the match that day, but I thought I did all right and played all okay. And then mm. we were playing Swansea live on Sky um, yeah, live on Sky on the Sunday, following Sunday. And I wasn't even in the squad, wasn't even on the bench. I was thinking, this is my opportunity. Last week, I was man of the match. This week, I'm not even in the squad. You know what I mean? Seriously, how does that work? You know, I know it's a tough, it was a derby. It was, you know, it was live on Sky and, you know, but I was, you know, I could handle it. You wonder what's happened in a week. Yeah, and that was the only time, only time I've ever knocked on the manager's door to say, you know, why why wasn't I playing? And Who's the manager then? What was it? It was Kenny Hibbett, yeah. Yeah, and he was good, very good, still good mates to this day. Very good mates. See, see someone who you're friends with and you're good with, like, uh, did... uh, what was his answer? I just said that it was a big, you know, we were going for experience in there. You know, it's live on Sky. You know, um, you know, he did brilliant last week. But, you know, and it, like you say, there was one of the lads was um, back fit. And um, back at the time, we had David David Penny was the captain. You know what I mean? Um, mm. And, yeah, it was just, yeah. So I, I did understand, really. But it was the only, it was the only time I felt I had to, I had to knock the door. Really the question. I thought I'd get an honest answer from, uh, yeah, honest answer from Ken. Um, we, well, yeah, which I'm, I'm sure it was at the time. But... Yeah, I haven't done it since, and I've been left out. Yeah, a few occasions. Um, well, we were now at Clevedon Town. Yeah, so you went to yeah. Clevedon. You played for a, a season and a bit, uh, forty-eight appearances and a goal. Didn't get many, too many of those throughout your uh, playing career, at least according to the stats. Um, until yeah. the five hundred odd games, nearly five hundred games at Bath. But just before we get to the the, the return to Bath for the third time, um, and the long, long, long stint as well. Um, you did go to the mighty Merthyr Tidville for a, a couple of years, quite a few, a couple of years, sorry, uh, well, just over a year. Um, how did you find Merthyr? Because that's a place. Yeah, it is a place. Yeah, yeah. Well, John Lewis had taken over the manager's job there, and he was the manager that uh, Ebervel that took me there on loan. Ah, okay. and, um, he had a couple of good, um, couple of good players there, and um, and, uh, you know, um, not that I've ever signed anywhere for money, really, but it was quite a distance from Bristol to go, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, you were traveling all the way up there, were you from Bristol each day? Or yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he'd offer me, he'd offer me, you know, Cle- Cleveland was very similar as well. And, and Merthyr, um, I had, um, I was only working part time, you know, I still wanted to be, you know, have enough time for football and try and play at mm-hmm. the best level I could, really. So I was still only working part time, but obviously getting paid a good wage for playing part time football as well, really. Um, so that's why I sort of did it really. So I knew that I could fit it in around my work and stuff really. Um, but I went up there, same again. It was just when I went up and met John, it had that feel really, the support, big, big support, 
you know, for non-league football. It was an old-fashioned ground, you know, which I which I liked. Um, and uh, he just sort of said, look, you know, we're, we're trying to do this, you know, we're trying to get into the conference and it sort of sold it to me, really. Um, and, um, yeah, apart from, I think up until Christmas, it was really, really good. Really, 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 really enjoyed it. You know, the, the, the travelling was tough, but there was a few of us travelling across, really. Um, and John looked after me, really, you know. Um, he'd, you know, he'd say, oh, I'll have the night off, whatever, but I'd like... You know, I love football. You know, we're only in two nights a week. Why would I want the night off? You know, um, but you know, they, yeah, it was, it was a, yeah, and a, a club with quite a lot of history as well. When you speak to people and you start speaking to the fans, and then you look on the wall, and they played Atlanta in Europe, and they've done all these different things. You know, it was a, it was a really good, really good football club. Um, but um, yeah, I think just after Christmas, there was a few money issues. There was a few things that went wrong. John lost his job, um, and they brought Leroy, Leroy Racina in. Um, you know, and he was a Bristol guy, Leroy, lovely, lo- 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 lovely guy, and. Um, he, um, yeah, he, we, we were signing players from all over. We lads coming up from Torquay, lad Nicky Banger coming up from Southampton. We signed a lad Stuart Taylor coming down from Newcastle, and he was having a real good push here. We, we still couldn't, we just still couldn't win a game. We had all these, you know, no real team spirit, but all these really good players that were coming in, and and then all of a sudden, um, yeah, Leroy sort of um, had a bit of a bit of a um, lost his job or whatever. I'm not sure whatever, but I just remember they were, I was just about to sign another contract there with them, and um, he basically rang me and said, "Look, Jim, this this football club's, you know." Don't don't sign, honestly. Don't sign, and then yeah, about another week or so later, yeah, all the money stopped, and there was a we didn't get paid, and there was a few things that uh, yeah that went on, and yeah, which brought me back across the bridge really. But it was a shame because it was a lovely, yeah, great great football club, great people, but mm. I think it wasn't being run right off the pitch in terms of finances and what was going on, and I didn't really same again. I'd never got into the politics of football, um, never interested in the politics of football, um, and um, yeah, um, and I, I did manage to yeah score score for score for Merthyr, which was nice. Yes, indeed. So um, we then get to your your big stint. Uh, so you did about ten years at this point, um, but obviously that went on to become a an even longer stint in total with the club. Um, but you did about ten years from two thousand and two to two thousand and twelve, making nearly five hundred appearances. So I'm assuming you liked it there because you 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 were. You know, you were there for that long, and then obviously you've gone on and you've been assistant manager, and uh, you've been involved with the football club for about twenty years. I think you said, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hugely, I, I like I say, um, I've been there twice on loan already. As I knew exactly what the football club was all about. Same again. If you've ever been to Bath, it's the same. It's got that big old-fashioned, you know, football football um, ground with the big with the big floodlights and stuff like that. And I think what he's sort of one of the things in football is that I think one of the best things for me and people ask me all the time is what's the best thing in football and it's the people you meet you know I just remember all the people you met you know you knew even when I was alone I knew all I knew the chairman I knew the directors I knew the tea lady and you, you know you know everybody in 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 the football club there and I thought that was a really good thing um at, the, at Bath at the time and um and I sort of had made that transition now where you know my football was becoming a little bit you know I needed to get a full-time job. So I ended up basically uh, deciding to go full-time. Um, so I needed somewhere to play a little bit close to home. So I didn't have the time to travel or other stuff like that. So Bath was, um, you know, was, was sort of half an hour from my, from my house. And I ended up moving to 15, 20 minutes from down the road after a couple of years of being at Bath. Um, and uh, yeah, it become, it become my club really. And uh, over the years, like you say, the first couple of years were, were a bit of a struggle. Um, because they, they didn't have a lot of money really, and we went through lots of players, lots of squads. But I soon became captain, and um, yeah, really, really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed that sort of uh, bit of the football club. You know, trying to uh, 
you know, build build a team spirit because we weren't necessarily the, you know, had the best players in the league, but we had the best spirit, the best, you know, the best camaraderie. Um, and that got us over the line on quite a few occasions, really. And I really enjoyed that bit, really. Um, and then it wasn't until John Relish, another chap that, uh, you know, from over the bridge, he came across with AD Britain. They'd been manager of Merthyr, I think, the season before. And uh, when they came in, the football club managed to find a little bit more money, really, and we signed a little bit more experience. And then, yeah, once you get your first promotion as a captain, you know, into in the old Southern League to get back up into the into the the, the sort of uh, conference Southern League was uh, was really really good, really really good. Um, and then uh, yeah, went on to yeah captain them again. You know, we had three years, I think three years in that in that um, conference South, so to speak. And um, like I said, I didn't I, I didn't miss a game. I think I missed. He rested me for one. Um, I think it was on my ninety sixth, ninety seventh appearance on on the trot where I played, and um, we played Weymouth on the way. Tuesday night and the, the manager gave me a rest and I was fuming <laughs> but <laughs> understood the reasons um, and then went on you know got back in the team straight away I just had that one night's rest and yeah we managed to to uh, to to get to the, get into the playoffs and um, and then winning the playoff uh, final against Woking um, yeah was uh, was as a captain of your uh, of Bath you've been there for so long I think I played uh, I don't know about 400 games by then 350 400 games by then and to yeah to get you know that promotion back into the conference where a lot of the teams were full-time. There was like Wrexham, Luton, Cambridge, there was some massive teams in there, um, you know, um, to get promoted for the football club and, and go into that league. And, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty special. Um, and um, I think, like I say, when, uh, when Rel and, um, that's where I met Gethin really, where Mer, uh, Rel and uh, AD come in, they bought a few lads. Gethin had been over at Merthyr playing for them. And um, they signed another lad, uh, Paul Evans from, uh, from Bridge End, who was a goalkeeper with Sheffield Wednesday and Leeds and stuff. And, um, yeah, you know, those boys, you know, they were travelling from over, you know, from over the other side of Cardiff or whatever to get, get to training. Same again, they never missed a training session. They were always on a night out, you know, they were they were brilliant, brilliant, brilliant set of lads, really. And, um, yeah, it's a yeah, wonderful football club with yeah, great fans, great, great people. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it was tough to tough to step away. Yeah, I can imagine. It's, um, it's, a, it's a hell of a journey you've been on and I'm, kind of interested like obviously we can't go through every single season of of everything you know you're involved with the football club for a very long time with Bath um but I am interested in some of the the kind of high points some of the low points and how how you enjoyed them how you dealt with them what sort of moments really spring to mind when you kind of think of it in the, those respects yeah, I think um, I think my, my first low point really was the manager um, who brought me across there, a chap called Alan Pridham, and um, he took the job and he was a local chap, you know, local businessman, um, lo lovely guy, and um, he had no money at all. I mean, no, like zero money, you know. Mm. He was signing players like like me that come across from Merthyr, like literally for next to nothing, and you know. And when he got the sack, I thought, oh, I'm not quite, you know, Bath. This is a real, you know. I'd never, you know, I know Kenny had lost his job over at, um, at Cardiff and it was a good man, but this was a bit of a, you know, he brought me to the football club and I felt like, you know, um, you know, it was a real bit of a, bit of a sad time was his first sacking. But when, um, yeah, when John and Rowe come in and built a squad, you know, getting promoted into that, um, in, into the, the the first promotion was really big. Bath City had been through, you know, they were always a conference team, you know, they've been through a few tough years, you know, um, financially and, and and other things going on off the foot off the field with the football club and uh, i think when we got that first promotion you know we had it was almost we were playing a local derby every week because it was like team bath who were the university team that were coming up and up and coming team coming through they were used to play their home games on our ground so you know 
to beat them every every week was a you know was great but then you had you know Yate, you had Mangotsfield you had Clevedon Merthyr were in that league as well and that was always, I don't know why it was over the bridge and some mm. far away but always seemed to be a local derby with Bath I don't know why it was a real tough real real tough game we had, we had Gloucester you know so many local games that you know every week you seem to be playing in a in a local derby and um, and to win it there you know um was 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 pretty special and, and being the yeah being sort of the club captain I always tried to negotiate with the with the football club you know a nice trip away at the end of the season after a promotion so I managed to yeah get a couple of uh, yeah a couple of good trips so they speak to my so both promotions obviously are, are two really two really special ones especially the one the second one to get them back into the conference where we the football club have been for many many years of their history um that was um you know on that playoff game and there was you know over five thousand at Twerton Park there was a delayed kickoff because there were so many people still trying to get in we sort of delayed the kickoff by 45 minutes to get all the fans in and stuff like that and uh, we weren't really expected to win Woking were sort of a full-time team ready to get promoted into the next level and we managed to beat them on a Sunday afternoon and uh you know that was uh yeah that that yeah that was pretty special and we've had a couple of couple of good FA Cup runs you know I remember we went to Grimsby and beat Grimsby in the FA Cup and Boy, that was a trip home from Grimsby on that bus. Believe me, okay. <laughs> you know we. Uh, yeah, I've been. You know, I try to be a responsible sort of a character, being the captain and stuff like that. And I've been drunk a few times on the bus, but coming back from Grimsby, uh, I was um, yeah, pretty pretty well uh, pretty well oiled really. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think the group, the the players and the fans and stuff like that, all you know, all celebrating together, all doing their different stuff like that. You know, I think that's the the real highs. You know, real highs, real highs of the football club really. And then. It was a real low. Um, I remember we played. Um, I'd finished playing really. I was a squad player then. Really, I, I was about 38, 39, I think, at the time. And uh, we got to the semi-final of the FA Trophy. So we had sort of one one foot on Wembley Way. Um, we drew two two in the first leg, and we went up to um, North Ferriby, and uh, we scored early. And we were winning one nil, um, but um, yeah, the game went to penalties, and uh, we managed losing the game on penalties. Um, mm. And I really, we really fancied ourselves to get to Wembley that day. And you know, as a non-league club, to get to Wembley, it gives everybody, all the volunteers, all the people that have been supporting the club for years and years and years, you know, a great day out. And for the players, you know, for a non-league player to go and represent their team at, you know, at Wembley would have been a real special occasion. But yeah, I remember getting beaten that and and seeing a yeah, you know, a change room with twenty odd grown men crying is yeah, not a nice place to be. You know, what I mean, it took us no, no, it took us ages to get that one. You know, we. We travelled straight back after the game, you know, because we lost. And I remember, I don't think anyone spoke on the bus till we got to Birmingham. I think, you know, it was like a good couple of hours at least before anybody spoke and had a drink or whatever and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, our league season after that, we I don't think we won a game for four or five games after that. We were just, you know, hit, hit everybody so hard. You were so close to getting into Wembley that, you know, that was a real, yeah. And yeah, it's not too many regrets in football, but that was one that I think we could probably have maybe done a little bit more in preparation to, uh, you know, when we're going into extra time and penalties, we probably could have, you know, done a little bit more preparation um, okay. to uh, to win the game than what than what we did as coaches and uh, and staff. And I was part of that coaching staff that you know that, that was involved in that really. Um, and then we've had yeah, in the last few years, been it's a little bit different when you stop, you hang up your boots, and you yeah, you cross that line, and you become a yeah, you become a coach. You know, um, the last um, last year was a bit of a rough because of COVID, but the, the the two seasons before that, we managed to get in the playoffs. Um, you know, just fell fell short in the playoffs, and those playoff games are really really special at Twerton Park. You know, when you host those. Uh, Host those um, playoff games and um, yeah, so they were you know two recent highs, I, I, so to speak, really. And then yeah, I think yeah, I wouldn't say it's a low stepping away, but you know when you when you've been at a club for so long and you've got so many friends and it's part of your makeup, you know, um, yeah, stepping away was uh, yeah, yeah. It's got to be tough. it's got to be difficult to do that after such a long time involved with the club on you know different levels to 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 have to 
step away for what you know whatever the reasons may be to, yeah. to have to step away it's got to be difficult yeah yeah it is um, but i don't think i mentioned it at the start of the podcast really is that in football you have to be very very selfish you know to family members stuff like you know i've missed my brother's weddings or i've you know i've done different you know loads of different things so many family events you know um to 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 to, to put football first and i think probably from a young age really because football's always been part of me you know i've always thought that's how it's got to be you know yeah. football's my you know i'm letting people down at the football club you know i'm part of a team this is you know i've got so you know such love and such passion for football that you know um you always put it first you know and um like you say um one well, one of the reasons one one is work. I've got a really you know got a really good job, and I'm really really busy coming out of COVID with work. But the other thing is I've got you know my boys four. Um, the season wasn't you know we weren't we we were we'd been knocked out of the FA Cup against Banbury, and um, emotions are quite low in football and stuff like that. And I'm questioning you know why I'm, why am I still travelling around the country at 45 years of age? You know I've got all this you know what you know what you know what is it is with Bath? You know, no dis you know Bath you know been there 20 years can't speak highly enough football club but what is it about bath you know it's not barcelona it's not you know it's not chelsea it's not arsenal it's not real you know it's not a premier league mm. football club it's not professional by any means and stuff like that but it's still my number one priority you know um and and, and i'm coaching as well i'm not even i'm not even playing i'm not the captain i'm not you know and my, my little boy was um was not very well um he had an asthma attack on uh, early hours of saturday morning and um yeah, he was in hospital and it was 11 o'clock on that Saturday morning. I'm saying to the wife, I said, right, I'm off to football now. And she said, pardon, are you serious? I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I can't, I've got, got the football. I can't, can't let people down. She goes, your, mm. your son's in hospital having an asthma attack. You know what I mean, is there anything more important than your son? And it just hit home for me then really, you know, I just thought, you know what, Jim, I've put football first for so many years that at some point, you know, you've got, something's got to break, you know. I'm a part-time coach, you know, and while it's such a may, you know, heartbreaking to step away, you know, I had to make that real tough decision really, because like I say my children, you know, four years of age, just starting school and all these different things and stuff like that. And then, you know, when you're a player, it's a little bit different. You're, you know, while I was a cat, I did a lot more than what probably I did, but you can turn up at a certain time. You go, when you're coaching and you're your assistant manager and doing that kind of stuff, you're always looking for new players. You're always looking at opposition. Yeah, you're always organising the events for the week. Then you're organising training. And then you don't just get in at seven and go, home, you know, you're in at five and you've gone and you put so many hours because you want to do it to the best of your ability. And that's what was the point. I always wanted to commit to it. You know, I just thought that, you know, I'm at this stage in my, my life where I actually I can't give that kind of commitment to the football club. And uh, yeah, that's why I, I, I've managed to free up myself a little bit of time. Um, yeah, yeah on a Saturday afternoon it's one of those things isn't it it's, it's you kind of yeah have to make that decision I think ultimately it's one of those things where I always I always think uh with anything is there comes a time where you've got to make a decision in terms of like family and and whatever it may be football or, or whatever you're doing and you have to kind of pick which one and often, yep. you know, how many people from football, from different uh, careers and, and things which require a lot of hours, eventually they lose their family or whatever it may be. And, you know, they end up alone or they end up yeah. struggling yeah. because no, they've it... kind of dedicated so much to, to the yeah. game or to yeah. whatever it may be. So, you know. Yeah, yeah no. Exactly. Yeah, exactly that side. And I think I say, and I, I know it's tough. We'll go back right to the beginning of the podcast where I mentioned, like you say, when you get into the professional game and while I was with my mates, 
and I'm like literally really enjoying, you know, playing on a Sunday morning with all my mates. Stuff up. Then you go to a centre of excellence, which is professional. All of a sudden, you stop enjoying it. And there's a little bit like that coming out of the programme. When you go into the non-league game, you get a bit of best of both worlds because you're not actually professional, but you're trying to be a professional. But you can still go and have a beer within reason. You know, you, you can walk down the street and, you know, you don't get, you know, you don't, you know, people don't really recognise a non-league football. So you get in non-league football, you get the best of both. But on a Saturday, on a match day, you know, you go to the FA Cups, you know, and, you know, teams in our league beat league teams, you know, you get, you still yeah. get that football buzz. You still get all that kind of stuff that football gives you at any level, but it's almost going back to enjoyment with you. You know, it's almost, you're, you're playing with your mates. It's that camaraderie, you know, it's all that different things, that team spirit and all the different stuff that goes with it. You, you lose a little bit. And that's why I've always said with in non-league football, you, you know, it's um you get you get the best of both you know and also if you've got a day job where a lot of the lads have you know because of you know i know it's changing over every year gets less and less you know more lads are using our league as a full-time sort of thing to get back in the league but lots of lads have got jobs you get the best of both worlds you know you get two salaries you know and when you're at work you can switch off from football you know mm. and that's you know and i think that, that was a good release for me once i got a job and i started having a different stuff like that you know i could switch off switch off from your football pressures and you've got something else to think about. And then, oh yeah, actually football, you know, you stop your finger at job and because everyone thinks about football, anyone that loves football, you think about football, you know, half, half the day. <laughs> and yeah, I, I still course. do now, you know, because, um, you know, I love the game. And But I think that with, with non-league football, you do, you almost go back to that beginning of why I started playing football. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's not, you know, it doesn't have that, you know, doesn't have that, you know, seriousness, so to speak, you know. Yeah, I know, I know, I, I fully understand. Um, so just a, a kind of couple of quick questions to finish off. Um, yep. So first and foremost, uh, who is the best footballer you've ever played with or trained with or seen right up and close and personal? Yeah, that's always a different one. You know, someone asked me to pick my best Bath City 11 the other week and I just thought, you know, I played with so many good players. I, I wouldn't want to be disrespectful to, you know, to, to any of the lads that I've played with and sink like one or whatever and stuff like that, really, um, because they're all good teammates and stuff like that, really. But, you know, there's certain players that, you know, you play against and you stuff like that across your, across your career. And um, I remember playing against Gordon Strachan in a reserve game and, um, my gosh, you know, Gordon Strachan was ridiculous. You know, fit, you know, never give the ball away. He was class and, you know, in the younger... You know, playing in reses and you played against, you know, Frank Lampard and Rio Fern, but really good stuff. But I remember a time we played Wigan away and um, Martinez was playing for Wigan at the time. Obviously, he's gone on and, you know, obviously manager of Belgium now and stuff like that. But I remember I was doing a, a man-to-man job on him and uh, I think I got booked in the first two minutes, you know, by just trying not being able to get anywhere near him and clattering into him and stuff. And, you know, Martinez was a real, you know, a real, really exceptional player um, to play against. Um but then play, playing with, you know, um, there's some really good, um, yeah, there's some really good, you know, Robert Earnshaw obviously springs to mind, you know, when um, he was coming through as a young kid, you know, um, his finishing, you know, he was a core, he, 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 his finishing was a, was a, was, was a real, was a real talent. Um, and, um, but um, I think the, the, the lad really, particularly in my Cardiff days, really I played, played with was Jeff Eckhart, you know, yeah. um, Jeff, absolute, you know, core. What a guy, you know, play up front, play at the back, play alongside him in quite a few of my games, you know, and just talk you through. He was a real leader. He was a re- everything he did was solid. You know, he was a good, proper, you know, proper guy. No airs and graces about that guy. You know what I mean? And in my time at Cardiff, you know, Jeff, you know, if you ask me someone who was the, the lad that sort of, you know, stood out, you know, would be would have been Jeff Eckhart for, for, for sure, really. Um, 
But uh, yeah, no, it's a tough question. Indeed. Uh, who is the angriest player you've ever played with? Uh, angriest player. There's a lad. Um, I wouldn't say he's angry, but he's the you know, the most craziest. Like literally, yeah, the lad called Ad Harris. Yeah, he was at Cardiff City as a kid, and uh, yeah, he, uh, he he fitted around non-league for a long time. But he played a lot of games for Bath, and um, I still speak to him to this day. It's funny, you know, whenever you have a promotion with the lads, you always you know meet up and speak to these lads. And and Ad Harris, well, he 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 was uh, yeah. When he crossed that white line, he was a totally different. <laughs> he was a totally different boy. Yeah, great great lad, great lad. Excellent. And um, I think also, uh, I completely forgot what the question was now. Oh, well, we'll have to leave that one because I can't remember what it was. Um, so what I like to do with this uh, with this series is kind of finish off with one question. Um, everyone interprets it, it differently, I guess. Um, and that is, yeah. uh, Jim Roller, what is the meaning of life? Meaning of life? Um, for me, it's health. Yeah, you know, as long as you got your health, you know, and uh, you know, it's a huge part of me, and always has been, even in my work, and even when you football out with. And without your health, you can't really do a lot. So, you know, health's very, 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 very important to, to me. Uh, and the next one would be my family. You know, family and health—that's the, the two sure. things I'd say um, uh, is uh, would, would, would would sum me up. Ultimately, the only things which matter is that. Uh, yeah, what my, what I say to my wife yeah. most of the time. Um, Jim, <laughs> it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure yeah. to uh, have a chat to you and and just to kind of listen to you talk about your career. It's been really fun. Um, really, really enjoyed it. And um, thank you very much for your time. No problem, Sai. Thanks for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Cheers. You. Take care. Cheers, buddy. Bye bye. Podcast Network.